Hello and welcome to episode 78 of the Mid-Off Cricket Podcast. Mid-Off, because we're midway through, you'll probably want to switch off. I'm your host, Ross. Let you introduce the team. The boy from the wrong side of the tracks come good. Welcome, David. Hello, Ross. Edwards Modern Technology. It's uh, <laughs> fantastic. I love it. Crystal clear, internet issues, yeah. A uh, 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 man who has said Dave Warner modelled his game on. Hello, Mick. <laughs> Hello, gents. Australia's number one Mitch Marsh fan. Hmm. <laughs> and our guru, welcome, Alex. G'day, guys. Just announcing I'm back on uh, the goat, Nathan Lyon, <laughs> after the bison's been stinking it up ever since he's he got been... his VC. Uh, oh, he's basically undroppable, isn't he, now that he's VC? Oh, yeah. And no. he scored, like, you know, 10 runs, so that'll get him another year or so. 15, <laughs> whatever it was. Okay, so since last episode, both tests have been played, so let's rewind to the first test, just have a quick run through there of what happened. Uh, Pakistan batted first, and they made 482 all out, centuries to Muhammad Afiz and Harris Sahail, and... Um, it was Australian bowling attack. Three for 58 to Peter Siddle was the pick of the bowlers. And our man, Manus Labuhagmi, took uh, one for 29. Man. Yeah, and he got a run out too. Yeah. As did Finchie. So it was, a, it was a big score. And the Aussies looking good. They made it to 142 without loss. And then they good collapsed. <laughs> they, they, were, they lost 10 for 60. Ugh. 202 all out. <laughs> So 85 and 62 to the openers, Kawadra and Finch, and then 7 to Sean Marsh, 12 to Mitch Marsh. I believe that's his highest score on tour. Yep. Duck to Head, Duck to Labuschagne, 7 to Payne, Duck to Stark, and then Duck to Holland. Oh, no, zero not out. So monumental <laughs> task. <laughs> yep. um, it's like the Australian emergency number, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, that was uh, Australia needed 462 to win, but really they just need to bat out basically two whole days to make a draw, yep. and they did thanks to Usman Khawaja's 141 off 302 balls. Travis Head made 72 of 175 balls, and at the end it was Tim Payne with 61 off 194 balls, yep. and Nathan Lyon five off 34 balls who saw them over the line. Sean Marsh made a duck, Mitch Marsh made a duck, and Peter Siddle made a duck. Uh, the like final hour. A, a like really low level of cricket, we like two guns, but no one does yeah. anything apart from the two guns. <laughs> it was um, uh, Payne and Kawaja were going along nicely in the last hour. They had drinks, and then all hell broke loose, and Kawaja, Stark, and Siddle went out in quick succession, but. Um, Nathan Lyon held firm for the remaining 45 minutes, which was good to see. Yeah. Yeah, so it was, it was actually an, not an impressive match, but an impressive effort to draw in the oh, end. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, there, was some, there was an incident in the last over where um, Tim Payne sort of back cut one through gully and then took off for one and then right. tried to come back for the second. <laughs> it was right. just the, it was the last over, mate. Just yeah, it's crazy. Six balls you idiot. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, probably wanted to be on strike ball. Yeah, he did, but he shouldn't have taken the run at all. Yeah, just he? don't yeah. take the run. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah fair point. <laughs> <laughs> You're not playing for percentage. Just... <laughs> <laughs> Draw the draw. Of the season, fellas. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
Um, it was so, actually um, so I like I watched it that last pretty much the whole last day. Actually, I did watch the whole last day. The last hour, like Bull and I were watching it and kind of messaging each other. It was actually quite enthralling, just mm. seeing if the guys actually had the ability to hold on for it. Yep. So, like, yep. I know, like, there's a lot of people on Twitter the next day going, how can we celebrate a draw? You know, we've gone from winning 16 undefeated in a row and row, row, row. It's like, yeah, but we're not that side anymore. We're a different side. And, like, contrary to what people want to say, that was actually a really good result in the long run, considering what it could have been, because we saw, fast forward a week, what it could have been. <laughs> <laughs> yes, if you put it in that context. Yeah. Something historically we've been bad at as well, like trying to face out draws. We've either um, capitulated like a bunch of bitches or uh, you know, attacked the win and then really fucked it up. So historically, <laughs> I'm talking about. But I thought it was, um, I thought that was a good ending to an otherwise really shit test match for us. So yes, um, I agree. It showed yeah. that um, the Australian batsmen didn't have to play their natural game. They could play yes. to suit the circumstances. That was interesting. <laughs> it was interesting. Yeah, the interesting thing was I was listening to some of the uh, Wisden Test Cricket on the radio setup that was going on, and Brendan Julian was, I think, more forthright on the radio than he would be on TV. Sort of empty platitudes and just, like, it says nothing's on the TV a bit. Yeah. But um, he's getting stuck into them. Uh, one of the uh, co-commentators was suggesting something about they need to keep ticking the runs over. He said, no, they need to adapt. They need to ch- play completely differently to how they would normally play. They need to play with uh, a mindset that says we're going to bat here for the rest of the time. Yes, we're going to be, you know, put away bad balls and all the rest of it. But, yeah, he was very much, you know, chuck out this natural game nonsense. I was impressed. Mm. I actually think, Ross, that if, like... That that must be the new BJ because he's actually like that on the TV coverage as well. Oh, he must have been told he to get a few more opinions about him. They're yeah, he so doesn't. Um, he doesn't get sucked into the old kind of um, thing that you're the you're the Australian bloke overseas, so you've got to stick up for him. Like him yeah. and yeah. AB as well, which is just that's the way AB is. But they were very much. If something was good, it was good. But if something mm. was poor or below average, it was said it was poor or below average. Yep. Which was good to hear because then you'd get like the um, Pakistani bowlers talking about Muhammad Abbas and he bowled well, but talking about how he's the greatest component of this and that and that. <laughs> rather, can't play 10 fucking tests. <laughs> like he's good, but yeah. fucking, he's not the greatest of anything. <laughs> like he's played 10 tests. He's not yep. the greatest cricketer in his family, but that's about it. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. so, so is Mitch Marsh, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, old Mr. Swampy might have something to say about that. Nah, he averaged fuck all as well. <laughs> yep. Um, so Aaron Finch had a um, good test of him. He made 62 and 49. Yep. It's not bad. Opening? He looked comfortable, which yeah. was... Um, which was probably the blessing, like, because he's been... The poor bugger's, like, spent his whole, you know, last however many years being told that he can't play test cricket and he's not up to it and rah, rah, rah. And whilst he didn't go out there and peel off tons or anything like other guys in on debut have, it was still impressive enough to say, well, this is a bloke who can play this level. So that was really good. If you're yeah. going to debut on a pitch, mate, that's the one to debut on as well. Oh, fucking oath. For yeah. someone like Finchie. Yep. Pretty flat. Also batted a long time. 194 yep. yes, minutes in the first dig, the second dig, 120 Two hours. minutes. So, from a yeah. guy who's sort of a short form specialist, so to speak, pretty good effort. That sounds yeah. like research, Alex. It's good work. Yeah. <laughs> Got
He looks like he's dropped some kegs as well. He actually looked um, pretty fit in comparison yeah. to what you th- normally associate Aaron Fat Finch's Finchy. body shape with. Yeah. yeah. But um, Usman's dropped a fair few kgs as well. Yeah, yeah he looks... For two days yeah. at the fucking 40 degrees. <laughs> so, I'm not sure if I've ranted uh, on podcast time about this, but he dropped eight kilos, yeah. right? Yeah. An elite athlete to drop eight kilos would be unhealthy oh, yeah. to me. You yes, shouldn't have means that he wasn't much, elite. Yeah, that's what, you shouldn't have that much weight to drop, in my opinion. Yeah. Yes, I agree. So if oh, you I say someone it. like, let's say Chris Judd <laughs> dropped eight kilos, people would be like, wow, like what's wrong with him? Yeah, yeah but it's, um, in terms of sports, but you, like it's um, a little bit different. Like yeah, footy and it's... cricket, it's like you're an aerobic sport versus... Arguably a power like short burst sport, yeah, which yeah. cricket really is. So, yeah, I agree. But, I just, but you, your points there, like a bloke shouldn't be eight kilos overweight. Yeah, if, yeah. yeah. It's, it's just also a, a it's long... a bit like saying that a darts player lost eight kilos. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a parlor game, Ross. Oh, sorry. This isn't hooky or coits. <laughs> but like, to me, I'm just like the penny finally dropped when you're like 32 years old that you need to yeah. sort of care about your weight, and your body, yeah. and how fit you yeah, are. Maybe you. that might have an effect yeah. on how you play the game, which yeah. is you know a physical look, sport. Funny it's thing is, Alex, that you and I put on eight kilos playing darts in Japan. Yeah, <laughs> that's because it was electronic start, so we didn't have to yeah, use yeah. our mind to add up all the scores. <laughs> Just did it for you. Uh, it, it's funny because Penny sort of dropped for you at a similar age, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so I mean, well, egg on my face as I am, and yeah. I'm sportsman at the top of my game at the moment. <laughs> that's it. You decided. And I dropped you know, way, I dropped way more than eight, to be honest. Okay, I'm going to have a real go at this con. Concrete and carpet stuff. You know? <laughs> as you as you're out jogging along beside the Merry Creek, sniffing yeah, the mud, <laughs> running up all the steps in Philadelphia or something or wherever. Yeah, like. that's it. Yeah. Work getting in the meat packing district, just punching carcasses. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm weak and have to be the chicken packing plant. I just. <laughs> You're in there, they're packing pheasants and you're in there bashing like <laughs> Felt the piss out of a pheasant or a quail. Quail. <laughs> uh, you got any chicken nuggets I can beat up on? <laughs> a spatchcock or something. <laughs> oh. Butterfly, of course, fool. Oh, yeah. So what happened in Abu Dhabi, Ross? Oh, I'm glad you segued into that, Mick. Well, uh, Pakistan batted first, and uh, fucker's a man, your favourite player, Mick. Yeah. <laughs> I, I use his team. name a lot on the podcast. I've been a fan yeah. of him for a while. For a long time. Uh, came into the team because their old mate broke his finger, and um, Nathan Lyon ran amok. Took uh, four wickets and six balls there. Yep. Uh, got, including they went triple O through the middle order too. Harris, Sahail, Assad, Shafiq, and uh, my man Babar all made ducks to the Lion Man. But the then, elephant, uh, Ali Babar. Mm, that's him. Then Australia lost their way. They were five for fifty-seven at lunch. But then Fakas, Fakas a man, and the captain Safraz Ahmed both made ninety-four and put on a hundred and fifty-run yeah. stand. Yeah. Uh, what happened yeah, there? Safraz he mm. batted really well. The prick. Mm-hmm. After the day was done, I forget who was being interviewed, maybe Payne or something. 
mentioned, mm. oh, you know, we just thought it was going to happen, and mm. you know, you can't sort of let you can't sort of let it slip against the test side. And I was like, no fucking mm. shit. <laughs> I'm getting a bit yes. angry someday, yeah, yeah. guys. I'm a bit tired and emotional, but yeah. like, surely you can't be having those periods where you're like, oh yeah, we'll just get the next six wickets or whatever. Yeah. Meander- it's a meandering period, Alex. Yeah, exactly. Mm. It's just like that's that's park cricket shit, buddy. Yeah. Do you think? Do you think they lacked hustle? Was that the issue? Yes, hustle, yeah. energy, lacked a bit of energy. energy. Yeah. Not uh, hustle. I've, no, no, I blame the bookies because they only bought four ducks instead of six. Oh. You know what actually happened, Ross? Um, <laughs> the Pakistan team jogged off at lunch. And oh, <laughs> they walked off. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I got inside their heads. The Pakistani team had a bit more chat out on the field, so they, had, oh, they always yeah. had something to say it. every over. You know, at yeah, least one thing chat, to yeah. say. Yeah. yeah. Did the Pakistanis, did they run the first one hard and look to make it turn it into two? Yes. 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 Okay. Yes. Twos into threes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> threes into fours. Yeah. Fours into sixes by hitting they it in the air. Out to the, uh, fours into runouts. <laughs> when they walked out to the pitch, they had lots of energy and did a few sort of shadow batting and side to side. Ah, uh, yeah. So yeah. Fours into runouts. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so a pair of 94s there put Australia... On the back foot a little bit, uh, our man in Labu the, Hagni. In the Solomon, Solomon Meyer. Yeah, took another three-fer. That's <laughs> yeah, good. Uh, he took a good yeah. catch and then he dropped a soda. From yeah, it cost, mm. I think it cost, yeah. us, but it cost us a lot of runs. But yeah, it cost he, us um, the game, you red-headed cunt. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he bowled pretty well, though. Yeah. 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 I heard he was... Yeah, it was um, like he did. He actually... Yeah. Did bowl quite well. It's just disappointing because he's a fucking batsman <laughs> that he made no runs. <laughs> yeah, good point. Uh, Australia's uh, first innings was nothing uh, short of disgraceful. All out 145 in 50.4 overs. Yeah, disgusting. Yeah, Muhammad Abbas 5 for 33 and Bilal Asif 3 for 23. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> In in the uh, Pakistan second innings, they oh, hang on, Ross, we're missing uh, the run out of. Hold on, we're talking about it. Oh, oh, sorry, no, no, yeah. Manus's run out. Ross, Eugene's talking about, aren't you? <coughs> yes, Absolutely. go for Manus. Go yeah. for Manus first. What happened? Talk us through it, Mick. All right, so um, he's at the non-strikers, and I want to say an Australian batsman's on strike. I don't remember who it was, <laughs> and um, was he's hit it. Okay, and he's hit it straight back down the pitch, and um, what's his name's bowling? The Yassir Yassi Shah. And it, as it goes past, it just flicks Shah on the finger and rolls into the stumps. But whilst all this is happening, Martis is standing about an inch outside his crease with his bat raised in the air, watching the ball mm. go past him and cannon into the stumps, and then kind of just goes, oh. Huh. And then, like, Shah goes off, and they like the umps are like, oh, okay, we better have a look then. And they have a look, and it does. It flicks his finger, and you see it in the footage, his finger flicks back. And Manus, like, literally, he's just watching it. Like, he's just, he's just watching it, hoping it'll miss the stumps, it looks like. It was just ridiculous. Yeah. It's like he was frozen Not to be outdone, there was more ridiculousness mm. later, but this was just crap. It's yeah. just stupid. Yeah. That was um the Labu Hagmi one was weird because it's like he was frozen and couldn't physically get his bat yeah. down the, the ten centimeters he needed to put it into his crease. It was yeah. weird. New Zealand would have called him back. That's the you know we should have <laughs> 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 
So not to be outdone as Ali in the second innings, Edge won oh. through the slips and thought it had gone for four. So decided to have a mid-pitch chat to his uh, batting partner. Knuckle-knocking. Knuckle-knocking, <laughs> yes. having a chat. And the ball had pulled up about 30 centimetres short of the rope. <laughs> Mitch Stark had jogged down, picked it up, threw it into Tim Payne, took off the bales. Dog. And, uh, Dog. As Ali was out. <laughs> Fantastic cricket. Mm, yeah. Great cricket. Fucking oath. Get in your crease there, kid. Yeah. yeah. Ball's not dead. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's right. It did remind me of... of um, the time when we were playing Mick when and Alex when two blokes crashed into one another <laughs> and we ran, and we ran him out and um, then we got together in the huddle and said, "Ah, oh, geez, we ran out the shit one. We should have ran out the good one." <laughs> they hit each other quite hard too. Oh yeah, wasn't there one bloke went off with a blood note? We ran out the bloke who retired hurt. Yeah, like, oh, yeah. the bloke who could keep going. Uh, <laughs> So the old um, Azza Ali thing has caused a bit of controversy and you've got like both sides of the story. Like you've got the people who believe that um, he was out and then you've got the people who were wrong who believe that Australia should have called him back because it's not within the spirit of the game and all that lardy da fucking kumbaya whole hands of being New Zealand bullshit. When you're batting, you got one job and your job is to stay behind the fucking line so you don't get run out. It's not that hard. And it's like today, like, An- Andrew Faulkner retweeted an article or something and said that then the article was along the lines of Tim Payne crossed the line in his run out. The only person who didn't cross the line was Azar Ali. So fuck yeah. off, back to, the, back to the pavilion, buddy, and sit on your ass and explain it to the coach. Yeah. That is not outside... The, it's not outside the rules of the game. The spirit of the game is this bullshit thing that people hide behind when something they don't like happens. Like, it's not great that that's the way he went out, but he's got no one to blame but himself. It's not a straight... It's it's like if you hit one in the air and get caught and then turn to the ball and go, mate, I didn't mean to hit that in the air. Like, they're not going to call you back. You're fucking out. That's the way the rules are. <laughs> on your bike, in the pavilion, see you later. Hold on, well Nick. Put. Yes. Just nonsense. There's nothing uh, untoward about that. It was just... Uh, a strange circumstance where the ball stopped when they thought it was going to hit the rope and they got caught out. It happens. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's why the umpires signal these things. You pay attention to them. Mm, it was, it was a lack of attention to detail. So Australia um, was set a small target of 538 for victory. <laughs> they started well. Finch and Smash got us off to a rollicking start. We were none for 10 in the second over. <laughs> and then Smash went out. Yes. And then, uh, yeah, yeah, bold. Yep. Mm. And Travis Head and Manus made 36 and 43, and Finch made 31. They were the top scorers, and they're the three debutants. Yeah. So well played, the three of them. Which was Stark made 28 yeah, at the bottom. I, I think the Australians had a plan to chase it down, but the, pl- the mm. pro- biggest problem with the plan was it revolved around everyone making 54 each. <laughs> and just with the marshes in there, like that plan was just never going to happen. <laughs> Yeah, someone's going to have to make 162. <laughs> yeah, and then, unfortunately, Usman Khawaja hurt himself in the warm-up for day three and couldn't bat in the second innings. So there goes 150. 
That's those yeah. um, small chases that always get us, though, Ross, isn't it? Yeah, that's it. They put down <laughs> a thousand, we would have been a fighting chance, but 500 was <laughs> just like, yeah. <laughs> We're always going to get a little bit yeah, edgy yeah. around that sort of number. It's one of, yeah. one of those funny totals to chase down. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, yeah, 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 that's right. Oh, not, not 530 odd, that's our Achilles heel. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think Safraz pulled all the boys in before they went out the field and said, don't worry, boys, we've got them. <laughs> They've got to get them. Uh, so Muhammad Abbas took five for 62, so he got a 10 for in the match. Mm. And um, Chris Anastasiu, Yassir Shah, took three for 45. <laughs> um, the man of the match was Muhammad Abbas, and the player of the series was Muhammad Abbas. Yep. Oh, you wouldn't yeah. read about it. Shock horror. Yep, and the... Um, the match referee was Ranjan Mudagale from oh, Sri Lanka. Alex. for the boys. Foodies, <laughs> <laughs> <30s>, mate. <laughs> uh, and um, Safraz Ahmed couldn't uh, keep wicket on day four, and so instead it was Muhammad Rizwan who kept. Did you yep. know that? And Muhammad Rizwan is not in the 11. Nice. Yes. New rule. You know that? Ooh. So it changed the rule. Yeah, yeah, so twelfth man came keeper. on and subbed in as a keeper. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Yeah. That's like the runner rule. Pakistan will be exploiting that for decades, won't they? Yeah, that's <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't feel the like keeping. That, I didn't get, get him out there. Like, that's, that's fine because that's the rule. But when Usman got injured and we needed a sub fielder, yeah, we've got a back. bloke who's been brought over there for the T20s in Maxis, arguably the best fielder in Australia. And they ran fucking Ashton Agar out there to subfield, and he missed a run out. That's because Agar needs the experience. They're doing good just yeah. to be out on the on an oval while Test cricket's being played. He hasn't had jobs, much chance. Jobs for the WA boys, fellas. Oh, yeah, Sandgrove. Oh, I agree. Oh. I agree. Oh, we, got a dis- by the way, got we didn't disgusting... even face fifty overs in that second dig. No, forty nine point four, just two balls short. Mm. Mm. So that would have been their first KPI missed. Bat fifty overs in a test. <laughs> yeah. Four effective batting partnerships at least. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Oh yeah. And so this this WA sort of uh, nexus that's developing slant. within the team. Yeah, slant. Yes. It's got the dirty stench of nepotism all about it. Doesn't oh, it doesn't yeah. ever. It disgusts me. Yeah. Langer's close relation agar without the L and the N. Mm. <laughs> Uh, I was reading a lot of information about how poor the Marsh brothers were and um, as someone said you know, they keep going on about their lineage but it's not like they're the son of Don Bradman No What are they keeping to a test level? Yeah, exactly, yes Made four test tons So why do they persist with them? They're not like the son of legends or something Fucking shorts 35 I know. Fuck off. <laughs> just Go be an accountant at some fucking pizza partners. Fuck. So, 35. Uh, Steve War retired at 38. Ricky yeah. Ponting retired well, they at 35. <laughs> yeah, Ricky Ponting fell over on his face by yeah. um, Jacques Cullis when he was 38. Good so, And Alan Border, <laughs> Alan Border played till he was 42. Yeah. 42. So, I think. Well, from that, I reckon six more years of March. Yeah. <laughs> as, as pointed out by Bryden Coverdale, he's, in his no, he's just started his 19th first-class season. So yeah, the word so. potential is probably misplaced when talking about <laughs> John March. Played 150 first-class matches. Yep. He sure has. Yeah. Uh, the, the, 
The writing on the was on the wall about March the minute they didn't name him captain. Like it just shows that they actually don't have faith in him performing and staying around. Yeah. Uh, that is shit. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, David, I'll hand over to you for your ratings. Yep. So this is how I saw it, fellas. Um, I've just gone through the Australian. Elevens uh, for for both games, um, which I'm pretty sure were the same. So, um, what I've got here is I've given an A grade to uh, Usman Kawaja, who uh, who scored 229 runs at 76 for the series. Um, oh, so, Paul, yo, you're not doing the one to ten ranking. You're no, doing no. the, oh, the school based high school style. Mm. Um, I just How low did your high school go? go by doing yeah. this. Um, can, you, can you get so past I, the letter G? Yeah. <laughs> so I've given Usman an S for satisfactory and everyone else an empty improvement. N. N for not satisfactory. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Would you say Kawaja is at the uh, right end of the bell end curve? Uh, yes. Fair bell end, yes, I'd so say. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Outlier. One I'd say he's at the, the, the lower end, end of the bell end and then I'll make marshies. I think Lang is the bell end, but anyway. <laughs> so Usman, Usman got 141 that saved the test match for Australia in the first test, which we've obviously discussed. Um, now he needs eight weeks to fix a knee he injured whilst carrying Australia's batting throughout the series. Um, he was obviously a revelation in this series after having uh, a, a reputation as a poor player of spin, uh, especially in the subcomments. So I think he's put to, to bed a couple of those demons um, mentally, or at least externally. Um, we move on to the B graders, and I, I found a way to slip Aaron Finch into the B grade. Um, he scored 181 at 42 for the yeah. series, so uh, I thought he had a pretty good debut series. 62 was a high score and some pretty good, important opening partnerships with uh, Ozzy Uzzy. Um, but sadly, once one of those two went out, it all fell away pretty badly for us um, in that uh, series. Any arguments with the B grade for Aaron Finch, fellas? No, that's no. Good. no I think that's, good I think that's right. I've also uh, slipped a B grade on Nathan Lyon, who took 12 at 32. So uh, I thought he battled pretty hard all series, and often that was alone. Uh, he didn't get a lot of help from any of the frontline <laughs> bowlers, to be fair. So I thought maybe he could slip down into a C, but I thought he had a pretty good. He batted manfully, as we will say. Issues? Mm, yeah. No, no, no I, think, I think that's fair enough. Nice. He probably, they've gotten to a point where they might rely on him a little bit too much, but in those conditions, mm -hmm. I don't think you really have, they have much choice, to be honest. So, yeah. uh, I managed to fit the flying lasagna in as a C grader, um, simply because he got seven wickets at 22. Um, he only scored 81 at 20.25, but I thought he bowled really well. Uh, but as Mick touched on, he's obviously picked a bat, so he didn't give Australia a lot. Uh, save for a, a 43 in a losing battle in that second test, I believe. Uh, I thought he fielded reasonably well, a couple of great catches yeah. at, uh, yeah. at that pad, but he did drop the soda that potentially cost us, uh, if not a test match, certainly a lot of runs. So uh, I think it'd be interesting to see if he holds his spot. That'll be one that you'd look at um, simply because of his, he's, you know, he's quite a good fielder and he's got that second string to his bow, well, his first string at the moment with his leg spin. So um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see if he holds onto a spot. No, uh, no, no, that's good. For the no, yeah, that's fair enough. No, I, I think just, it's okay. I think he probably won't bowl too much in non spinning decks, though. Yeah, yeah, forward, so he probably needs to score a few more runs. I but reckon he, he could. It's a dangerous series, so it can't be too I think it's a good option to have 
you're um, not your. I don't believe in the all rounders, but batsmen who can bowl a little bit. Not that yeah. you pick them just because they can bowl, but uh, it's a handy thing to have. You look at Mark and Steve Waugh, that sort of stuff. They just bowl yeah, a few overs yeah. and they yeah, I think nearly in Australia he'll be the, in Australia he'll probably be that buyer wicket bloke. But like they bring him on before. Yeah, yeah, bring him on before drinks or bring him on before lunch and mm. see if you can get someone to do something stupid. I've actually labelled uh, the flying lasagna the reverse Steve Smith, so he's gone into the team for his batting, but he's actually been a revelation for that bit. I've slipped a D-grade on Travis Head, who scored 122 at 30. Uh, he had a high score of 72. Uh, he batted manfully, but again, he got little support from senior members of the team, so I thought him and the lasagna were in far too often. Um, and far too early uh, after a couple of quick wickets. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, after he's 72, I don't think he really added a lot to the team. Um, certainly can bowl from occasions, but we didn't see a lot of that in the Test Series. So I think he'll hold a spot, um, given that um, it's in Australia. But I certainly think he should be flying home now uh, if he's not already to, to join in with the Shield stuff. There's still three games, I think, before the first Test. So he yeah. should be one of the first ones back on the plane. <coughs> yeah. He spent a bit of time under the lid. I think he took a catch as well. Yeah, yep. Um, I've also slipped a D grade on Tim Payne, uh, who scored 71 at 23.6. But aside from his second inning vigil of 61 not out in the first test, uh, Payne scored just a further 10 runs in three other innings. Jesus. Um, He kept pretty well, uh, but I thought he struggled to have any impact with the bat, aside from that, obviously, 61 not out off a million balls. Uh, I thought he did keep pretty well, um, to be fair, but not um, not a true subcontinent wicket, so I'm not sure how much he would have been tested as opposed mm. to if it was in Peshawar or something like that. But um, So that's in D-grade for Tim. Um, I've uh, E-grade to Peter Siddle, who got three wickets at 56. Um, oh, he was good. I yeah, I thought, he, I thought he battled hard, <laughs> but when you consider his counter, opposite counterpart was responsible for tearing Australia apart, that sort of... <coughs> Slow dibbly dobbler. Um, I thought it was a disappointing return for the Australian colours for, for Peter. Um, I think it's hard to see him get another crack at test level given that Cummins and Noni should be fit come the Australian summer. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Big Dumb Paddo is starting to slowly work his way back. So <laughs> I think Peter said he'll find it hard to uh, get the bag green out of the cupboard again. Yeah. Uh, I also gave an E grade to Mitchell Stark, who took four wickets at 45. And scored 63 runs at 15. Um, I thought it was a pretty ordinary series for the Australian mm. quicks, and Stark especially looked a little bit lacking. Uh, I think Siddle can be given for appearing slow because he actually is. Um, Stark, didn't, Stark didn't offer a lot. Um, I thought it was tough conditions for the bowlers, uh, but it didn't seem to hurt uh, Muhammad Abbas. So, um, one of the things that disappointed me a lot about Stark is his drop off in batting output. Uh, so I think he can generally be a threat in the lower order, but I thought his batting's been abysmal lately. So oh, for um, about two or three uh, years, it's been a joke. Yeah, his batting. Yeah, I'm yeah. not sure where he's at because he's quite a good batsman uh, in the lower. He tries order. to be too aggressive or something. Just yes. goes a big Yahoo. Well, he's sort of he's sort of um, stuck in between, isn't he? Between yeah. defending and and being aggressive. So I think he's got to pick one if he wants to go down the um, Dizzy Gillespie mould. Then do that, but. Yeah, um, that's like a number 11 though it just has a yeah. bit of swish at stuff yeah. yeah it's different coming out when you're 6 for 100 opposed to 6 for 250 as well yeah 
Yeah, like it, it, it alters your mindset because if he comes out when they're like 250, 300 already, he can swing out his ass. If he doesn't make anything, it doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah. I think he can be generally as good as Mitchell Johnson with the bat. So yeah. um, I think he's got obviously a lot of work to do to get to sort of that level in the lower order. But He does have a test 90, so. Yeah. Mm, test 99, me, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it just seems, um, yeah, it's, he's, he's been off, I think, lately, off. but that's probably yeah. because he's been bowling four days out of a five-day test matchup. Well, that's true. I wonder if he's really fit as well. Yeah, he could probably There's aspects of those tests where he didn't look didn't look like he was 100% fit. Eight kilos or so. Yeah, about eight. <laughs> um, now to the F grade. Um, I've given an F to John Holland, who took four wickets at 75. Yeah. Oh. Um, I think if you're a spinner and you're faced with some of the conditions that you got in the UAE... Uh, and you take four at 75, and that think you should ever be picked for Australia again. Um, Holland looked as toothless a bowler as I can remember in recent memory. Um, I don't think I've ever seen an Australian spinner look that toothless, even in the days of like Dan Cullen and things like that. Wow. Um, John Holland just looked ineffective. Um, just bold shit, full or short. <laughs> hit, never hit. Well, put it this way. When the boat... <laughs> when the bloke batting at six has trusted the ball sort of his part time spin before you, there's some issues. Yeah. Yeah. Um I mean I appreciate that uh that Dutchie took a lot of wickets in the shield season, but it's just not translated to test level. I think he's had a couple of cracks at it now, so I think it's hard to see how Holland gets another kick for Australia at test level, to be yeah, honest. Yeah. Not, not when I you got someone like the quality of Ashton Agar waiting in the wings either. Oh, no. <laughs> I think I think a big issue that Holland has is that he uses a lot of tries to use flight and dip and all that, which probably works in Australia because blokes don't see that much spin and that. Where, but against Pakistan, like they're facing that type of thing in the nets every single day. So because he doesn't have too many tricks, he's just. He's very regulation, so they just back themselves and just belted him everywhere. Yeah. He's throwdowns. That's what he, he is. Yeah. Throwdowns. <laughs> um, another F for Mitch Marsh. Uh, no surprises there. What? <laughs> <laughs> um, he's got, Aren't you going to Z? Yeah. No. Uh, he scored 30 runs at 7.5. Oh, David. And, and he took, and he took <laughs> two wickets. Two wickets at forty nine. What the thing was? The thing was too. Sorry, David. Was he hardly bowled in the first test? What was that about? You know, this bloke is meant to be an all rounder. Bowl him. He should be bowling first change. He's the third paceman in that team. I get it. Uh, It seems like a long time since Mitch Marsh made his career saving hundred. To be fair, Um, the only thing currently saving Mitch is the VC next to his name. I would have thought. Lineage. Some, uh, yeah, lineage in the beast. <laughs> Part of the royal for some, family. <laughs> for some fucking reason, he batted at four in the first test oh. match, which either Payne or Langer need to come out and fucking explain, because that was... If he's a test number four, I'm an AFL footballer. That, <laughs> I couldn't believe that he batted Fat at four. Fat sweaty. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh. That, that was like that was like a few years ago when they were betting him at number four in the one day team and we kept losing all the one day. <laughs> <laughs> for me, the Australian love affair with the bowling all rounder needs to finally be put to fucking bed after this oh, series. Yeah. We're Six not going to find a Freddie Foodtop or a boxing yeah. Ben Stokes of our own. It's just not yeah. going to happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. When was the last time we had a good one, Ross? Steve Waugh, maybe? Heath Miller. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 true. <laughs> I think, what, that was 1950. Yeah. What about Watson? 
In the era when he was opening and actually bowling, he made three test tons. Yeah, I think I think you know Watson. You're not giving Watson enough credit. He was he he was all right. He was a truly great white ball all rounder, but he wasn't because he was. He didn't make enough centuries to be a good test cricketer as a batsman. Mitch Marsh would probably have the same amount of test centuries as Shane Watson. He so would. I think they got Shane Watson. Yeah, yeah, Shane Watson has fifty times more fucking nineties, but. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. I think for um, for Marsh to play test cricket again, he needs a few seasons in the Shield, and he needs to make a fuckload of runs and just give up bowling. He, <laughs> like, he doesn't bowl for Australia anyway, so uh, he, at yeah. the moment he's just a wasted selection because uh, mate, he, he can't bat and he's not bowling. I think for Mitch Marsh to play test cricket again, they need to rename the Sheffield Shield. <laughs> and then I've got um, Sean Marsh uh, as an F. I know, surprising shock horror. Ooh. What? <laughs> you um, you mentioned the name before when I said thirty runs at seven point five, uh, Alex. Uh, get these numbers up your pot. Fourteen runs <laughs> at three point five. But that's not his worst series. He had that series against India. Yeah. We went to the Adelaide Test he and he made four ducks or something. Didn't he? Four ducks, double O, double one, double O, or something. Yeah, yeah. fuck yeah. Start calling him Audi. Four yeah. ducks in a row. <laughs> <laughs> As I recall, with that in that series, Ross, mm. I think the Indians opened with a spitter to him every single time. I think they might have actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah that yeah. does sound right. Yeah, yeah. It's the very I mean, next ball. Yeah, they brought this ball. So, uh, Sean Marsh and his test career are surely over, um, which saddens me, as he loves punching down a dart and drinking piss after a Nationals win. I thought that was one of the highlights <laughs> of his career. <laughs> Getting photographed on a pub balcony at 5am smashing Daniel's finest. But, um, you know, this is his 19th year, as Ross touched on the first year of cricket. Um, so it's hard to say that he hasn't had his time in the sun, to be fair. Um, He's better off now just going back and finishing this season off, teaching Bancroft that WA had not to fucking cheat. Um, <laughs> and that's it. Right off into the whatever sunset or the moonlight, whatever it is that he's had. Um, I, I, I think it's pretty easy sinking the boots into him uh, because he's been the most polarising player for Australia since Shane Watson. It's fun too. Opinion. It yeah. is fun. Um, but there's absolutely no way he can front up and play in the first test against India. No fucking way. Which guarantees that it's going to happen. So, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. looking forward to him extending his career by another couple of years. <laughs> yeah. But they're my rankings, fellas, of the uh, test team. Yeah, what did you give? What did you give Langer? Um, I gave him. I didn't rank him, but I'll give him mm-hmm. off the top of my head a C, mm-hmm. um, simply for the fact that he taught Kawaja how to bat between the first and second innings oh, of the first yeah, test. So. <laughs> and um, Hick gets an F. Yeah, he's been around for a long time as the batting coach. Yeah, I think. See you later. Um, what about uh, Matt Renshaw? What did you give him? Well, I gave him an A plus because he didn't get his fucking name stained by this test series. <laughs> I gave but, him a I mean, D for not learning that... how to get your bongo out of the way. Yeah. Oh, but it's strange that if he is fit, that he didn't play, given the fact that he tore county attacks to shreds. And he's made first class hundreds since being dropped in, you know, the first place. So, well, yes, I suppose hundreds. He's going to have to fucking pick blokes who make them. The big conundrum was he went back um, and made one at grade level too on the yesterday. The big conundrum is that um, if you're going to bring Renshaw in, you've got to drop one of the marshes, and you know that's a bloke from WA. So can't do that. Oh, Mm -hmm. jeez, think about it. You drop head. He's from South Australia. 
And then he made true. runs. Yeah. Uh, that doesn't matter, he's from South Australia. Yeah, not from WA, Ross. Yeah. Oh, I see. Okay. Well, on that note that we've got down to uh, talking about state cricket, I will now hand over to you, Mick, for a new segment we have looking at Shield cricket called Have Bat, Won't Travel. Over to you, Mick. Oh, yep. Sorry, you cut out, Ross. Sorry about that. Yeah, so, so, uh, yeah, so we've got our new segment, which is Have Bat, but like Jonathan Trott, I'm staying home. So... <laughs> So after, so after the last episode, I've decided I will shorten my segment a little bit. Mm. So um, not due to your 360 feedback bullshit, but due to the fact I'm now covering the Sheffield Shield. <laughs> and it only has three games a week, not 47 <laughs> like those tea si- sippers over the pond. <laughs> so in short, fuck you. Fuck your 360 feedback and your opinions don't matter. <laughs> um, on to the matches. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so first up, we head up to the Gabba where Queensland hosted Tasmania. Tassie won the toss and elected to have a bat. The King Brown, Jordan Silk, opened up with Alex Doolan. <laughs> so uh, Silk was dismissed after a 50-run partnership. He was he made 22. But old Hooli Doolan made 100 and put on 134 with the quarterback Bo Webster. Doolan and his flash new beard would eventually be dismissed for 115. Ross's man, the Doolan. Yeah. Yeah. So the only other Tassie batter be a better option than Mitch Marsh right at the moment. <laughs> Fucking everyone's a better option than Mitch Marsh. So the only other Tassie bat of note was the prick with the keeping gloves, Matty Wade, who got seventy two not out. So Tassie finished up all out for three hundred and thirty five. The best of the Queensland bowlers was two meter Peter George, who took four for seventy six. Other Queensland bowlers of note was Mark, did you say Feckity? No, I didn't. It's Steckity, who took three for 97. <laughs> and the constable, Luke Feldman, picked up three for 75. So Queensland struggled in reply, making only 148. Recently dropped test opener, Joe Third Degree Burns, reinforced the selector's decision-making with an eight-ball duck. <laughs> Best with the bat for the Bulls was their skipper, Jimmy Pearson, who made 42. Debutant Nathan the Barber McSweeney made 35. But the big story from this innings was Jackson Bird, who took 5 for 35. His half-brother, Sam Rainbird, took 1 for 29. Second time up, Tazzy didn't fare quite so well, being dismissed for 135. Matty, what a cunt, Wade, top score with 55. He was dismissed caught and bowled by two-metre Peter George, which means if anyone else was bowling, it probably would have gone half a metre over their head. Uh, Mitchell, what do you do with a broom? You, sweep son, took three for 17. And our mate Mark Steckity took three for 34. Did you say Steckity? I did say Steckity, not Feckity. At the commencement of their second innings, the Bulls would require 340 runs for victory. A monumental task made all that bit harder when they slumped to one for none when opener Sam Truloff was hobbed for a duck. This was the perfect situation for someone to put their hand up and show the test electors they were ready for a second crack in the national team. Unfortunately for Queensland, that man was Jackson Bird, who rolled through the Bulls' batting lineup to take five for 42, whilst his follow opening bowler, Gabe, ring my bell, took four for 17. He's a weird-looking gypsy old Gabe Bell, isn't he? He's an unusual-looking man. Uh, the Taswegians win by 246 runs. Smashing. Bird finished... 
with finished the match with 10 for 77, which earned him Man of the Match honours. Points were Tassie 7.74, Queensland uh-huh. 0.6. Didn't forget the team sheet, right? No. <laughs> so uh, next stop, we're off to the loudest oval in all of in all of uh, in all the AFL, the Adelaide oh, Oval. Mate, I can't hear you. Where South Australia hosted New South Wales. South Australians won the toss, and their skipper Jake Lehman decided to have a trundle. And it started well when they dismissed the weatherman, Nick Larkin, for two, but the Blues bounced back, getting 246. Thanks to 60 from their opener, Daniel Hughes. And Trent, it's Twitter, of course I have an opinion. Copeland with 55 not out. <laughs> New South Wales debutant Jack. Remember my brother, the subfielder, Edwards, made oh, yeah. four. Speaking of debutants, the man most likely to be confused with a clown who eats children, Lloyd Pope, took two for 55. <laughs> With a beautiful logo, too. <laughs> His first wing, it was a fantastic wrong and the trop, that trapped sock, LBW. The video can be found on our Facebook page and we cannot conf- confirm if sock was sober or not. <laughs> not, to be, not, to, not to be outdone, not many, if any. Joe Many took five for 39. Yeah, well, well. In reply, New South Wales got... In reply to New South Wales, 246... South Australia made 273. Chief destroyer with the stick was son of both Jake Lehman, who made 61. Tom Hangham with Mr. Cooper got 40. Joe <laughs> Many got 33 red. Oh, and Lloyd, lucky I could bowl leggies, Pope, made a duck. <laughs> Best with the rock was Trent Copeland, who took 6 for 86. So New South Wales went out for a second bat, faring a little bit better when they declared 8 down for 279. The main contributor with the bat was Peter. Oh, I was so close to being Australian skipper. Neville, who made 72, not out. <laughs> Nick Larkin made 39. The sandwich, Jason, Jason Sanger, made 33. <laughs> and the man with the most most wickets for the Redback was, maybe he's just not that good, Chad Sayers, who took Pfeiffer. Hey. Five for 101. Good Pfeiffer. Mm. South Australia was set 253 for victory, but due to some rain interruptions throughout the final day, the most likely outcome was a draw. But to South Australia's credit, they did their best to try and force a result by slumping to 5 for 41. <laughs> Before a fight back from their skipper, Jake Lehman, who got 33 not out, saw the South Australians secure the draw. Bowling-wise, Trent Leonard Copeland took 3 for 45, <laughs> and Sean Costello and Abbott took 3 for 29. Uh, the match was a draw. Trent Copeland was the man of the match. Oh, Points okay. were South Australia 2.44 and New South Wales 2.16. Oh, jeez, so they'll, they'll be ruining yeah. that missed point three of a point yeah. there in New South Wales. <laughs> that might come back to haunt them at the end of the season. Oh, yeah. Mm. Big straight. time. Mm. Our final match of the round saw the mighty Victorians cross the Nullarbor to take on the Sandgropers, who live three, three hours behind the rest of us. Well, the rest of us who can, who can anyway. Victorian, the Victorians won the toss, and their, their skipper, Pete Hanscom, would make the first of many flawless decisions and send WA in. <laughs> the Vic started strong, reducing WA to 3 for 25, before the turncoat prick, Marcus chasing the coin, Stoinis, made 80. <laughs> but it wasn't enough, as WA was dismissed for 208. The other notable WA performances, if you can call them that, were Josh. Remember the guy from Cool Intentions, Ryan Phillippe? He made 41. And Josh, not Joe, he's in Utah, Inglis, made 36. 
The opening bowlers of the Big Lug 11, Chris Tremaine took four for 37, and Scott yeah. Boland took three for 72. Oh, Bolo. They did the bulk of the damage for the Vicks. But in his first game as a Victorian, Andrew, what the feckity, took two for 49. God. <laughs> so just before WA went out to field, their skipper, Ashton Turner Overdrive, turned to his teammates and said, <laughs> just remember, boys, we've got them, and they've got to get them. Is he really Show a fa- skipper? Yeah. Fucking hell. Show favourite, the hockey puck, Will Pekofsky, must have heard these inspiring words and went out and got them all by himself, making 243. (laughs) The next next best Victorian was Matty Short, who made 80, and he teamed up with the puck to put on 159 for the fifth wicket. The Vicks were eventually dismissed for 504. Could have used that in Abu Dhabi. Best with the ball for WA was Chasing Goldstein, who took four for 73. So, at 20, 20 years and 257 days old, this made the puck the eighth youngest player in Sheffield Shield history to make a double ton. Wow. He joined Don Bradman, Doug Walters, Ian Chappell, Darren Lehman, and Ricky Ponting, amongst others, who have achieved this feat before their 21st birthday. For those wondering, the highest score of the eight was Don Bradman made 304 when he was like 20 years and 100 <laughs> days old. Fuck. Fuck the hell. <laughs> what are you going to say, 12? So, no, <laughs> when he was six. Back to the match. So WA went in for a second bat, requiring 296 runs to just draw level with the Victorians. At this point, you couldn't blame the West, West Australians for just walking out to the middle and kicking the stumps over one by one. But to their credit, they tried their best to actually bat. Far a lot of fucking good it did them. As the Vicks once again reduced their top order to a smoking pile of rubble, taking five for 45. Not even chasing gold Stoin could save them as he was dismissed for three. But it was Josh. He was also once married to Reese Witherspoon. Ryan Philippe uh, uh, made 104. <laughs> and Josh Utah Jazz Inglis made dinner for two. Uh, yeah. 69. Chomp, chomp. Best of the bowls was what best of the bowls was once again the big lugs with Chris Tremaine taking five for a hundred. And Scott Boland taking four for fifty-seven. Vicks win by an innings in 45 runs. Mm. And our man, the hockey puck, Will Pekofsky, was man of the match. Points. Victoria, 9.55 to see them go to the top of the table. And WA, 0.88. And that is Have Bat, But I'm Staying Home. Thank you, Mick. Somber mood. Very good. Somber mood out west over here, fellas. Let me tell you, it's almost, <laughs> oh, can't imagine, it's almost made up. It's almost made up for the pies losing the flag. To be honest, I thought uh, around yeah, one. If I could hear win. you, I'd agree. Uh, <laughs> the uh, the good news is, David, they have a chance for a tone on chance to atone on Thursday. They have another home match at the WACA ground in Perth. They're taking on Tasmania. That'll be uh, no doubt a sellout and also an interesting match. <laughs> <laughs> South Australia at home again, hosting Queensland and Victoria. Get to play New South Wales in Victoria. At the G. I think it's at the G. Yeah, it's at the G. I saw it online. Mm, yeah, there you go. So, a very interesting round of matches coming up starting on Thursday. So it's, it's a lot quicker when there's only six teams and only they only play a game like every ten days. Oh, it's so much fucking two better. Two games every ten days. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. it's so much better. <laughs> Uh, good to see runs made. Now, Alex Doolan, uh, that was his 10th first-class 100 in his 97th match. So he's now qualified. He could actually play Test cricket for Australia. Yeah. So he's reached that um, uh, performance Zenith. level of 10, 10 first-class 100s. 
He's also got 27 first class 50s and an average of 33.8. So he's almost up to the uh, required 35 <laughs> average. Uh, and he's only 32 and 326 days old. So he's you know, two and a oh. bit years younger than old mate uh, Smarshy. So there yeah. you go. Get him in right now. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the uh, next thing of interest that I was going to flick over to, of course, was the quiz. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I'm pretty yeah. hear you, Ross. I'm yeah, I checking can hear my buzzer. Check your buzzer. Now, All just right, also, I hope you. you've yeah. been boning up about um, the construction and the different materials used to make chairs. Because, oh, yes, uh, <laughs> I need to know. My favourite of the quiz. What's yeah, everyone's but, buzzer? Well, rather than, rather than the buzzer... Mine's feckety. <laughs> Don't the... pick Steckity, please, Mick. <laughs> might get confusing. Rather, rather than the buzzer, we might just go round in turn. So we'll start with Alex, because then that'll be easier. And then, <laughs> then and then David. Okay. So the first question is: I've I've got here the top five uh, players who made the most ducks for Australia. Ooh. So around to you first, Alex. So, and I'm just going to pick a name. You're just going to yeah. pick a name. Most Top five, most ducks for Australia in test. Uh, Glenn McGrath. Yes, number one with 35 ducks. He, he's he number one, is he? Yep, he made 35 ducks out of 138 innings. Wow. Okay, over to you, Mick. Everything's gone quiet. Yeah. Yeah, who'd you say next, Ross? You. You, nuts. <laughs> I'm me. Bruce Reed. No. Ooh. It's very close. There's only one off Glenn McGrath. So, yeah, round to you, David. Yeah, round to um, you, David. It's Shane Warne, who yes. um, I think it was in the um, the last test they both played. I think uh, Glenn McGrath got a duck to go in front of Shane Warne. Oh, <laughs> maybe. Oh, they're on level with, eh? There you go. Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, it shouldn't have that many ducks, Shane Warne, for someone with his batting ability compared to Glenn McGrath. <laughs> Well, there's a bloke on this list who's got immense batting ability. Oh, there's a and couple. He still features heavily in this Yeah, list. there's a couple. Have you got I'm on the this list, list too? What the fuck? No, I just know the. Uh, they're all, they're all shenanigans. Con- they're all contemporaries. <laughs> Back to you, Alex. I assume Ross is talking. Yes. Yeah, back to you, mate. Is it what? Sorry, it was my go. Yeah, your go. Your oh, go, right. Alex. Sorry, everyone, everything went silent. Um, oh. Loose ducks. Alan two... Border, because he played so many tests. Uh, this is a good good guess, but no, he's not in the top five. Nick. Um, Mark Taylor. No, he's actually the opposite. He didn't make a duck. He's got one of the least number of ducks of all time. Ah, yeah, yeah, there you go. He, despite being an opener. I think, you know, being an opener, you get a few ducks just... Knocked over by a Jaffa and that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah I get fuckloads. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Round to you, Ross, David. This is the Australian list or world list? Australian. Australian. Okay, uh, I'm going to go with Steve War. He should yes. be on that list. Steve War is number three. Uh, 22 ducks. Um, <laughs> who is real shit at batting? <laughs> you can pick any one of the blokes who are in the team now. <laughs> Can't be that guy didn't play enough tests. Yeah, these plays. How, how many tests. did Steve Wall get, Ross? Twenty-two ducks. Twenty-two. 22 okay. Uh, 
four and five uh, got nineteen each. That's equal four. Okay. But uh, McDermott. No, but that's a good guess. Similar number of test matches to McDermott. A little bit younger. Ooh. And to you, Mick. Um. Move use. No, close. Right idea. And uh, David, finish off with you, and then I'll put you out in misery if you can't get him. Right idea. So we're saying she's a sort of frontline, medium pacer type arrangement. Yeah, that's it. Yep. So I'm going to go with uh, Stuart McGill. No, no. Mitchell Johnson. Oh. 19 ducks. And keeping it in the family, Mark War, 19 ducks. Oh, okay. Mark War was sort of obvious, and he did like a duck. You know, he could just walk out, <laughs> pretend to be asleep, get a duck, walk off. Yeah. And he did get four or five in Sri Lanka one too. So that got the numbers up. All right, moving so on. I, to... I won that quiz. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, he did. Yep, yeah, yeah. Easy. Got uh, two. Everyone else got one or zero. We move on now to something even more interesting. Worst bowling figures in an innings by an Australian in Test cricket. Oh, say that again. Worst bowling figures in an innings by an Australian in Test cricket. The best bowling. Worst. worst. Oh, worst. worst. Yeah. So they're all none for. <laughs> and <they're... laughs> I can hope so. Yeah, yeah, they're all none for, and they're all over a hundred and thirty. In. In an in an innings. So who got them? So who's got the worst figures ever? Yeah, so, okay. Yeah, yeah. So we'll start with you, Alex. Ah, oh, cool. Ah, uh, oh, uh, fucking Bryce McGain. Yes. Are you fucking? That was number, my one. Number one. I was there, and he yeah. got belted onto the roof of the stadium. None for one hundred and forty-nine <laughs> of eighteen Fuck. overs. That's 18! 8.3 yeah, 8. <laughs> 8. runs per over. Jeez. How oh. they keep fucking bowling him? Oh. Alright, um, so one to you, Alex. Over to you, Mick. Uh, Tim May. No, but th- there's the, the others are spin. They're all spinners. They're all Ooh. spinners. So Tim May? No. He's not one. Oh, no. David. Uh, I wanted to say, because I know, I know Crazier got hit for a fucking buttload, but I think he got <laughs> six or something. Didn't yeah, he, he took 12. wickets. Yeah. Six yeah. or 250 or something. <laughs> that's it. Just <laughs> um, kept throwing them up. <laughs> I don't know. Who would have got smashed around? Um, Sleepy Peter Taylor. No, they're all contemporaries. They're recent. Okay. Move around to you, Alex. Uh, Nathan Horitz. No. Right idea, though. <sighs> Same generation. Dan Cullen. Ah, oh, you fucker. No. <laughs> no, that's not it. Dan Cullen, Ross. No, not it. No. They played more tests. Um, They're better players than you'd expect. They're not like Bryce McGain. Okay, okay. okay. Um... What about um, Cameron White? He's a no. better player than expected. No, no, not him. They're much better players. Like they're players okay. who played more than thirty tests. Okay. Okay. All right, over to me. Yep. yep. Nathan Lyon. 
Yes. Yeah. Australia versus South Africa in November 2016. Nathan Lyon, none for 146. Oh, I don't even remember that, but there you go. <laughs> um, Shane Warne. Yes, none for 147 against India at Eden Gardens, Kolkata in March 1998. 42 Ovi. None for 142. Yep. We got any left? Yep, there's two to go. Two to go. And one's a contemporary and one you won't get. Alright, so what about Stuart McGill then? That's it, Stewie McGill. None for 146 off 38 overs against India at the SCG in January 2004. <laughs> 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 my my reckoning that one. was um, Steve Waugh's last test. So there you go. Wowzers. Ah, okay. Let's do. <clears throat> and the other one was Frank Ward. The, uh, okay. None for 142, June 1938 against England. Uh, Wardy, I know it well. Uh, Wardy. Yeah. Wardy, wardy, wardy. <laughs> yep. Uh, so Alex won that one. He got two. Oh, oh you're beauty. Mm-hmm. That was a good quiz. Would have been better yeah. if I could hear you for most of the time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it helps. You've got to, in the quiz, you've got to be handicapped sometimes, Bull, because you're too good. <laughs> yeah, so very true. Yes. Okay. Well, that's uh, the end of the quiz. So we move on now to international cricket. And I noticed that uh, India. Uh, sorry, not India. Sri Australia. Lanka. Yeah, Sri Lanka will be playing England, I noticed. So that's yeah, in the um, monsoon season, Ross. What the fuck's mm. all that about? <laughs> I thought the monsoon season was July-August in uh, Sri Lanka, <laughs> but maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, it's early October by the looks of England. <laughs> yeah, well, they heavy downfalls anyway. Um, interesting to see. Australia are playing, just to get off that and onto something else, Australia are playing a 220i against um, the UAE. Yeah, yeah it's historical. Tomorrow, yeah. yeah. So that'll be good. Yeah. Oh. Fucking smashes. That's the problem. <laughs> yeah, they'll, they'll all be spinners and we'll fucking be out for like 15. Yeah. <laughs> That's a fair point. Now, the other international cricket of note happening at the moment is, of course, oh, India versus the West Indies. Yep. And that's going really well for um, <laughs> the okay, West Indies. Is that of note? Fucking hell. So they got, they got dismantled in the two tests. But uh, they're putting up a good fist of it here in the first ODI. They're 8 for 298 off um, 47 overs. Yeah. The old West Indies. So they're probably about only 100 shy of a good total there in India. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, India should chase it down with that 12, 15 overs to spare on. So, yeah. Yeah, Shikadawan is back at the top of the order, so that'll hey. be fine. And uh, our, your man, Alex, MS Dhoni is still playing. Yep. Fucking hell. Yep. Crazy. Yeah, we talk about, um, talk about Sean Marshall's 19th Shield season. This is his 19th international season, old fucking <laughs> Dhoni. He's 37 years and 106 days old. He's only two years older than fucking Sean Marsh. Yeah. Fucking hell. Fuck off, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> fucking MS Doty. Fuck. He played... Is nine... Steve playing Ross? Uh, yeah, I assume so. He played... This is interesting, MS Doty. He played 90 test matches. Uh, the first in 2005 at the age of 24. And then his last was Boxing Day uh, 2014. 
So he's been, he's, you know, come around for another four years since he played his last test. He's played 327 ODIs and 93 T20Is. Fucking hell, cricket rolls on, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. yeah. Average of that's proof they played too many one days and T20Is. That's what that an is. average of 50.61 in ODIs. Yep. His highest score is 183. Years. Fucking yeah. hell. <laughs> 6750s and 1000. <laughs> uh, he only made six first uh, six test runs. There you go. Hmm. Interesting player. Yeah. Yeah, only made 250s in T20Is. I guess it comes in down low. There you go. Yep. Freak. So probably looking obviously looking to go on and play in the next World Cup, which is, you know, just about 8 months away, so that's yeah. kind of Mm. Not once in a lifetime for him, is it? <laughs> <laughs> Eight times in a lifetime. <laughs> uh, He's played 400 list A matches. Yeah, well, 327 of them are ODI. Yeah, so yeah. 400 is an impressive number regardless, though. Oh, yeah, it's a square number, too. That's what makes it most impressive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so... Yeah. Uh, you liked that joke, didn't you, Alex? It's 20 yeah. squared, in case you're wondering. Yeah. To be uh, to be fair, I just laughed along with everyone else. I didn't hear what you said. You were silent. <laughs> uh, right, so to finish with, I've got an uh, interesting uh, story here from a Dan Bredick wrote an article Ooh. reviewing Gideon Haig's book about crossing the line. It's an account of the 2017 pay dispute leading up to the ball tampering scandal so yes please the the first bit is a little quote from when australia lost to bangladesh uh in dakar um he said that um uh, good mate yeah yeah okay to the c18 (laughs) performance when you go home at the end of the day does what you do actually make a difference CA spends over $100 million on players' wages and teams, all in the effort of producing great national teams. We have failed, you have failed, I have failed, and that is not good enough. Jeez, they must have... Tr- he could have just, um, you know, carbon copied that one out a few times over the last couple of years. <laughs> that one wouldn't need to change much. He probably could have done that Did yesterday. Yeah. We weren't even surprised then. It wasn't like we went, oh, that's shocking. Mm. We're just like, oh, he's fucking right. Yeah. Just do a mail merge, Ross, and just change the fucking name of the test at the top of the page. Yeah, yeah. Ah, right. Uh, He also said, um, uh, as you can imagine, there are many questions being asked of us, and I think they are fair. I am reasonably confident that many of the players that have just beaten us, that's the Bangladesh team who have just beaten us, would not get a run in any of the state teams. (laughs) Is Pat Howard out there watching a lot of state cricket? I don't know. Oh, he loves it, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yes, so uh, hence why the... um, Bangladesh Tour of Australia was then cancelled so we couldn't be um, embarrassed again. Hmm. Elsewhere, we talk about the problems confronted by Australia's ODI team, which one player described as being nothing like a team, while another criticised the former coach Darren Lehman's lack of detailed information about how to improve performances. Here's a quote (laughs) from the book. Quote, a player summed up the one-day side in a word, individuals. There were no basics, no planning. You got together in the morning, went your separate ways at night. Never felt like an Australian team in any sense of the word. Another player felt that Lehman had fallen into this coaching fashion simply through running short of things to say. I love Buff. <laughs> He's got a great heart and he loves the players, but really he hardly coached technique at all. You're struggling? 
Just whack it. You're going for runs? Just bowl Yorkers. We'll smash them. <laughs> he really just had no answers but to try and build up this arrogance. Yeah, so there you go. Some interesting quotes from players uh, uh, that have uh, been talking to Gideon Haig. So, I, I played in the Premiership last year with a, a, a team and I reckon I only spoke to two of them. So old mate needs to fucking <laughs> stop whinging. Well, would you go to dinner together? Fuck up. You're a cricket team. You're not fucking best mates. Cricket is the most individual team sport in the fucking yeah. world. Because only... Because the main thing, when whenever someone goes to you, how'd you go at cricket? You never... Most... Before you say, yeah, we won, you go, oh, I made 30, I oh, am, we won. But yeah. it's fucking straight away, it's the most individual team sport there is going. And that's why Brad Haddon was such an important member of the team because he was that social glue. Never mm. mind that his keeping technique was about a hula hoop. Uh, it didn't matter. He was <laughs> yeah. just that. Yeah. He was going around organising. Hey, fellas, curry tonight. We're going here. You know? Yeah, <laughs> he's just that kind the, of guy. The other thing too is like so I read part of that article too, Ross, yeah. and they kind of like the complaints on Lehman. And I, I've got a bit of a theory yep. about. Darren Lehman, because the thing you got to like, the thing about him is like, and I, the reality is, is that once you get to that level and you're on the test squad, and like at this point now, some younger blokes are getting in there. But when Buff got into that squad, he was an older player who was established and understood his own game, and probably didn't need coaching. And he played with a lot of guys like Warney and Glenn McGrath that probably didn't meet need much coaching either. So it's just, I think it's just. The world's changed, and Buff hadn't changed with it. So, and now you've got someone like Langer, who's very hands-on and wants to teach technique and wants to do all these things, which is why he's the, probably one of the right people to have now. But I think it's just he Buff's from a different time, and it. And when they put him in there, he still had enough good players that they were winning. So it kind of papered over that because he went to Queensland and they won, and he was at the Heat and they won just because they had good players and they were going all right. Yeah, but, yeah true. Yeah. Interesting quotes, nonetheless. You think it does seem like the um, ODI um, stuff. Uh, look at the domestic one-day cricket and uh, oh, we're international. Rubbish. Yeah, we're rubbish. We just really lost, you know, sort of um, interest or motivation in it to do well at it. Whereas other countries haven't. India, England, and I'm not really we're sure. England why. and England are us from like the yeah. early 2000s. We swapped roles. Yep. Yeah, that's true. But who's the reigning World Cup champions? Yeah, yeah. fuck them. Yeah. We've got yeah, it. Fuck them. We've got it. Win as many one days in fucking April for the Brido Paints fuckhead 11 Cup. <laughs> all you want. We win the World it. Cup. It's all that fucking matters. Get into a big fucking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And to finish on, I got one more thing. Um, this is a story from Mike Carlton about Kerry Packer. It was summer Saturday afternoon. Kerry sent down an invitation, well, a command, really, to come up and watch the cricket on TV. And he welcomed us up on the front deck with his enormous frame swathed in an Indonesian sarong and naked from the waist up. It was an imposing that's sight. A look. <laughs> oh, that's a great look. <laughs> yeah. So uh, every so often, Kerry would pick up the phone and snap an order. Put fast bowler Craig McDermott on all. Give war a few overs. A few minutes later, the bowlers would, it would change. When the time came to leave, he whispered to the kids to thank their hosts. Thank you, Dale said. Carlton said Packer was so nonchalant with the power he wielded over the Australian cricket team, it took a while for guests to realise what they were witnessing. Every now and then he'd pick up the phone and reset the field. He never explained it, he just said, I'll give the dressing room a ring. 
It just happened to do exactly what he was saying. Yeah, so there you go. Alan Bord and Kim Hughes restrained, restrained test captain during the mid-80s. It seems likely both of them were at some point taking orders from Packers hotline through to the Australian dressing room. Shit. Yeah, so there you go. I don't know. What do you reckon? Yeah, well, bullshit well, or not? It sounds like bullshit. Yeah. Um, Maybe. Like the, the old prick was powerful, but is he really that? Like, is he really doing that? Oh, like, well, I, I David was all good he makes, had exactly makes for the same thought process as whoever was captive at <laughs> exactly yeah, the same yeah. time. Yeah. Makes for a good story, oh, yeah. and it's written about a bloke who's not around to say it's yeah. not true, so... Yeah. yeah. He's dead. Yeah. Well, it explains why we're all so fucking shit during that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's because... Old, old mate has got nothing to do with it is making fielding changes. No yeah. one to all yeah. fuck. Paul McDermott's yep. bowled fucking 45 over straight because <laughs> Kerry Packer wants to watch him bowl. That's no, not twisted his fucking bow. That's what yeah, happened to him. Because Kerry Packer's fallen asleep on the couch and forgot to ta- take <laughs> one <laughs> and <laughs> give it off. <laughs> uh, uh, and also, did you know Kerry Packer didn't drink? What? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just just coke according just to coke, that. Yeah, according to that yeah. Hard to believe you get. I didn't believe that get that massively fat without dropping a few <laughs> bit of grog. There's, anyway, there's one who could stand to lose eight kilos. Eighty, <laughs> <laughs> half the man you used to be. Anyway, there you go. Just an interesting snippet, and I think bullshit because no one can confirm or deny it. Yeah, yeah. it reminds yeah. me of um, the time I was walking laps at um, down at Nia before cricket training, and Don Bradman just happened to rock up and was giving me all these mm-hmm. tips and telling me how I should bat, and gave me this bat signed by him, but I accidentally left it there and forgot mm-hmm. it. And you know, yeah, these things happen. Funny stories like that. Yeah, fucking yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. If I'd heard it, Mick, I would have laughed at it outrageously. Yeah. <laughs> It wasn't very funny, don't worry. Yeah, okay. <laughs> was it something about you getting a signed Liam Pickering bat? Was that it? Nah, nah, I said I said I told a story I made up a bullshit story about Don Brevin. Oh right. Oh you cut out again. He's not around to say he's not around to say you know. Yeah, that's it. Uh, another great story. Ross, okay. can yes. you um, can you start a new segment where you just give us the best quotes from cricket ever? <laughs> oh jeez why were they some good ones were they oh I didn't mind them I thought that was pretty entertaining to be fair oh okay <laughs> I did like that one about um uh you know uh I have failed and it's not good you have failed we have failed <laughs> I, I have failed <laughs> and it's not good enough <laughs> and just copy and paste that uh, every overseas tour for the last it's three years <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's interesting when we're underperforming that the performance manager feels he's failed who'd have yeah. fucking thunk it yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'll give you one David here's one of mine that I remember that's um, a little bit uh, sort of old fashioned but anyway uh, it was a heat wave in England and in Lords they let uh, they let uh, the men in without jackets but they refused to let them in without ties oh, and the quote the quote from the MCC secretary was that if we let them in without ties, it'll be the thin end of the wedge, and next they'll be coming in draped only in bath towels. Gary oh, <laughs> oh, 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 Backstall in a sarong <laughs> with a sarong. <laughs> uh, well, on that uh, low note, <laughs> we'll draw to a close. <laughs> this has been the Mid Off Cricket Podcast, episode number seventy-eight. We've got a host of sponsors. We've got a truckload of. Um, Merchandise, especially hats. Get on board all of that. 
We've got a heap of redundant sound recording equipment. If you want to hit us up and buy any really good sound recording equipment, we've got lots of that. We've got really good high-speed internet connections. We've got NBN kits for sale. Get it all from us. We're the pros. If you want to set up your own recording studio in your own shed, I've got a heap of shit I don't need anymore, so come and get it. You just got to come and pick it up. That's the only catch. <laughs> I'm not Three putting it in the post. Three or nearest offer. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Three bucks or nearest offer. It's all yours. Yeah. <laughs> I've got a 35 grand worth of Discord shares. If anyone would like to buy it, I've got an absolute heap of Dogecoin shares in Discord. So if you want them, you can have them too. Ah. <laughs> uh, yeah, if there's one thing we love on this show, it's technology and yeah. the users. Oh, yes. yeah. All right, well, on that note, we really will draw it to a close. We'll have some really great outro music for the next six and a half minutes, and uh, we'll see you later. <laughs> Bye for now. <laughs> Bye for now. Thanks yeah, for right, listening. Go. Catch you next time. <laughs> see you, Ross. See you.